0: in the front party in the back podcast, podcast. spirit fingers I'm, I know it's all I always do spirit fingers. <laughs> it's like just to set the tone let's yes. do spirit fingers even though you're the only one who can see me yeah I'm Lauren and I'm Michelle welcome to the show yeah. yeah welcome to the show it's gonna be actually I feel like it's gonna be a major show it's so gonna maybe be we meeting. should warn yeah we yeah. should warn the, the listener yes. at home This is a major show, um, but we always end on a positive note, on a high, don't we? Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, even the the title is a little. uh, You know, you can sort of get the gist from the title that it's going to be uh, one of those ones where we're going to probably be not as much party maybe this week. But it's important to talk about it, Lauren. It's real. We're getting real.
0: It is real. So I like how um, you know. I think originally this episode was called Burnout, and then you renamed it Burning the candle at both ends, which I thought was was really smart. Yeah. So yeah, I like that. And I, and I think that it's a lot of things that people can relate to. And if anyone's been listening to our episodes from the beginning, or even just our previous episodes, they probably have been actually waiting for this episode to happen.
1: Yep. (laughs) Expecting it, (laughs) expecting us to start to do this. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I think our listener at home really is waiting for the other shoe to drop. So I kind of think that, you know, this wasn't really a theme that either of us, Chose it was kind of mm. like a mutual agreement. <laughs>
1: just kind of happened, yeah. It just kind of happened, and I think that's when you have conversations about, oh, what's your week been like? You know, how you're feeling, and then we're like, yeah, maybe we need to talk about this. And that's how a lot of our ideas come about. I think just from us chatting to each other, yeah, and what we're going through. So the idea for this week, I think, Lauren, is to talk about something that so, both of us have definitely experienced, I'm sure our listener at home may have experienced. I think most people would have experienced this. And it is kind of burning the candle at both ends and which is really forgetting to fill up your cup and recharge. And look, I talk to a lot of women about this, but I think men need to do this as well. So it's like women, I always say, go out and get a massage, do something nice, get your hair done. But for men, they have to have their outlet as well. And that thing that recharges them. So whether it's going out on the boat, going fishing, things like that. um, I think we do have to do it gender, whether you're a woman or a man, Um, I think everyone suffers from this. So um, yeah.
0: Yeah. I've got some suggestions as well because I'm taking my own advice. Mm-hmm. I'm very good at um and giving advice, but, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you're like, wait a minute, if I give myself the same advice, I yeah. can make my own life easier? Wow. It's, yep. it's the shocking thing. So mm-hmm. we're definitely going to wrap up with some, you know, some suggestions for how to avoid burnout or burning the candle at both ends in the future. But I will say the spoiler alert is that you're in the driver's seat of your life and it's up to you to decide that.
1: Yep. So. That's exactly it. Um, so Lauren, yeah, I've actually, um, you know, talking about sort of filling up and recharging and that sort of thing. What have you been doing lately? How's your, um,
0: yeah. Um, well, I'll talk a little bit about my week probably later when we're talking about burning the candle at both ends. Cause I kind of realized I needed to take some time out. So, uh, I'll, I'll kind of get to that in, in a bit, but I, I <laughs> You know me. I've been working hard like you, doing a lot of hours at the restaurant, doing a lot of hours uh, just in the business. And I made some big decisions this week. I'm making some decisions, so I'll talk about them in in you know shortly. And uh, just kind of like based on our episode last week with decluttering, you sort of freaked me out with the shoes comment because I'm really susceptible to energy. And on the um, on the spiritual podcast I run called The Afterlight, I actually interviewed a woman from the empath school, and she was it was really interesting. interesting. I didn't know there were so many different types of empaths and things like that, and I learned a lot about that. And I I realized that I really need to um, take some more responsibility and be kind of aware of my. The energy in my environment. So I went through my closet, and lo and behold, I had shoe boxes of shoes I forgot were there. <laughs> so I got rid of some, and I dusted and cleaned everything. So it's kind of the next thing to do, really, is go through the clothes. Mm. I didn't end up getting to that, but you do feel sort of fresh when when you do make those those steps towards, I guess, decluttering, and yeah. So I, I was inspired by our last episode. And uh, so I kind of put that stuff in motion in general, and then of course some of the other things that I'll I'll share a little bit later in the episode. So, and just so I'd love to hear the uh,
1: shoes, so that um, the listener yeah. at home who may not have right. heard that episode, we were talking about how shoes carry a lot of energy. So it's not necessarily good or bad; it's just it can be a bit heavy. So it's good to get rid of any old shoes you're not wearing anymore, or put them elsewhere uh, because it just definitely affects. Because most people have their shoes in their bedroom, most people would, or the walk-in wardrobe. So it is good just to sort of clear them out, yeah. which is what Lauren's talking about. So just lightening the energy a little bit, which is important. Yeah.
0: And I have a pretty big walk-in closet. So um, it's kind of a lot of space for my boxes to be sort of stacked up
1: mm. and
0: uh, yeah, and it's kind of unnecessary. And it goes with the whole concept of, you know, when you get rid of things, you open up the door for new stuff too. So I bought myself a new pair of shoes when I was in Darwin. So nice, <laughs> I, uh, brand yeah, new so it's energy. probably, yeah, it's probably due to get rid of, uh rid of them a few more yeah, so nice work yeah, exactly close what about next. you yeah close next i'll keep you updated on that actually you can help me stay accountable for that one yeah you know what michelle i realized last episode the episode before the last episode you were sharing a story of going and doing a house clearing or, or not mm-hmm. really a house clearing like a house investigation yeah of that, she didn't want that, the clearing to happen. Yes. Correct. Which I wasn't sure how I felt about that, but yeah. anyway, mm-hmm. uh, Alice. Yes. So we forgot to go over it yes. last week. And so- I even spoke
1: about Harvey Bay. I did mention that I went to Harvey Bay, uh, while watching, yes. and then I forgot to mention Alice and I thought yes. about it. So I left. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I forgot about Alice. Um, well, Alice is actually Therese as it turns out. Um, her actual name is Therese. Um, so we've clarified wow. that and yeah, there was a lot of interesting stuff that came out, a lot of history. It was, um, very, very interesting for me because I had a journalist friend with me who is a TV reporter. And so she knows a bit of history of the area, working in that area, in that region. So it was it was good because I was sort of talking about, you know, uh, with Alice, I was talking to Alice and, and she has, look, I just, I have to say that Alice does have her own iPad holder. The people in the home actually play uh, all of her favorite cartoons. And I think they're like from the 40s, I think she was saying or something like around that era favorite cartoons she sits on the bed she has her own cup she has like the cupboard space um you need to knock on the door before you open the door you know to to visit alice so there was a lot of uh, a lot of rules and procedures and things but the history was very interesting because i was sort of picking up on you know train tracks and like a port and like a quarantine station they took me because i've been to the quarantine station in new south wales and i went there and i was like oh there's a quarantine station around here somewhere And my friend, who's the reporter, she was like, yeah, she said, Mariborra. Mariborra used to be the capital of Queensland. There was a port there. There was a quarantine station. There was a train tracks. You know, they used to bring the people's uh, things up on the train from there. So everything that I was seeing, she was, you know, confirming. And then we went to a particular property where Alice used to work or Therese used to work. And it was a very, very interesting kind of thing. But... I found like, I didn't feel like the resident was super interested in all of that. I felt like she more just wanted to talk about her iPad and her favorite TV shows. So I didn't feel like she was really, because I was really getting, you know, I'm like the history is so interesting. But when we were looking at her, she was just kind of sitting there, like just, you know, glazed over. And we're like, oh, okay. And so I think that she was really just interested in knowing like Alice's favorite color and, you know, more about her, like rather than the history. So I don't know. I mean, I thought it was interesting but because um, I was looking at where she worked and what she did and all this sort of stuff. So yeah, it was interesting. And then after I would left and I was sort of following up with her, she said it was awesome. She had such a great time, you know, listening to me. Rah, rah. So I don't know. Maybe she just wasn't sort of showing it on her face as much Because even my friend was like, oh, I don't think she was really that interested in the history because we were both like, oh, Mariborra, wow, wow, wow. And like, we weren't really getting the same energy from her, I guess. But right. yeah. Yeah. So it was interesting. Um, so Alice DeLuce there, and now they've got another guest. So she's messaging me about the new person that they've, Spirit, um, but that just had move in as well. So they've got another one. Wow. Um, yeah, so so this, I need to
0: ask a couple questions because uh, I'm sure Alistair at home has these as well. Number one, I want to know, um, how did they determine these rules for Alice? Did they just make she, them
1: up? No, she gets indications. I think she was saying that Alice knocks. So she will ask her, you know, do you like this show? And then she might get a knock, one knock or two knocks for yes and one knock for no or something like that. So she's got a kind of a knocking system with her um, that, yeah, that's how she figures it out. Um, Or goosebumps. I think she gets goosebumps sometimes as well and that's a feeling. So, yeah, she's learned a a form of communication, but she doesn't have the ability to hear yet. So she can't actually hear, you know, directly. So that's why she got me in to sort of talk to her for a bit.
0: Wow. Okay. And so when you're talking to Alice... Do you get a a picture in your mind of what she looks like or do you just hear? Yeah, I
1: saw images of her in the newspaper. There was a picture of her in the newspaper with the beautiful white hat and white dress. And there was other people kind of milling around her. And I could see her getting off like a, sorry, I could see her getting off a boat, like a steamboat. And that's when my friend said, you know, that's where they used to go. They used to pull into the port at Mariborough, they'd get off the boat um, and then they would get on the train and, you know, or they put all their stuff on the train and things like that. But there was a quarantine station there and I see it all playing out. So I see that playing out. Wow. But when I see a photo, it's a still shot. So I can tell it's a photograph because it looked like it was grainy. It looked like it was out of a newspaper. So that's how I can sort of tell the difference. But everything else plays out like a showreel. So when I'm looking at her working in the house, it was on a cane farm. And I could see them serving the man and doing all of this stuff. That's all playing out like a showreel in my head. So that's the best way I can explain that.
0: Okay. Okay. Mm. And then I guess I'm kind of curious about, I always thought that ghosts were often spirits that were sort of trapped, like they didn't go to the light in time or they're kind of stuck in limbo. So Mm. I'm wondering if that's this scenario, because I know a lot of the work that you do is you send spirits to the Mm. light. So did you feel a responsibility? Like, did she want to go?
1: I didn't ask her the question because I knew that the owner, homeowner, didn't want her to move on. So, yeah, I didn't sort of go there because it's their property. So I I sort of respect them. And it's the same as ghost tours and things like that. If you go on a ghost tour, there's, I guess, an accepted rule or a degree to rule that you won't move on their ghosts, the spirits who live there because that's how they make their business. Like if we went to Bogo Road jail in Brisbane or, you know, some haunted castle in the UK and moved everyone on, I mean, it wouldn't be so scary, you know, for the people right. on the tours and that's how they make their money. So yeah, it's a, it is a tough one. And I definitely, cause we used to do public tours at Beanley in Brisbane or sort of outside of Brisbane at a historical village. And it, we did sort of toy with the idea of sort of moving some of them on and some of the, some of the children, we, we do move on because that's different, I think. Um, they don't overly have a choice. And some of the adults are quite happy to stay where they were. So I don't know. It's one of those tricky things. It's a really, um, really difficult thing because people do buy these properties for that reason. People buy haunted properties because they want it to be haunted.
0: Right. Okay. And I guess my other question is, is purely out of interest. So if your client moved, would Alice go with her? Or does Alice come with the house? Because how does the new spirit well, just Alice- all of a sudden move in?
1: Alice wasn't attached to the house necessarily. She didn't have like a huge connection to the house. And what they often do is they hitchhike. So in a lot of the cases that I see where there's a spirit in a home that they weren't, you know, that they didn't die in, that they didn't live in and die in, then they attach to a member of the family. So sometimes they'll attach to a child or a teenager or an adult, one of the adults, and they essentially can hitchhike. So they could jump in your car, you know, travel with you if you're quite open. Um, and you know, come into your house with you. So that's how Alice arrived. Um, she wasn't attached and she didn't like die in that house or anything. I didn't feel like there was a connection to that home. And obviously since Mm. then they've picked up another one. So if you're sort of open to that and you're sort of, because obviously they are, uh, then, you know, spirits are like, Hey, yeah, we'll jump in with you and off we go. Um, but it's not, it's not like a common thing because generally you have to give permission and they are essentially giving permission because they, they want the, they they want that energy around. Um, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. So if our listener at home is freaking out and like, they don't want that, any tips? Well, don't, yeah. Don't open yourself up
1: to that. It has to be permission, you know, because I'm a medium, but I don't bring spirit home with me. I invite spirit into my home, but if I don't want them here, I also tell them when, when to leave. Cause I know that we've always got control over the situation. Yeah. So it's just permission. It's always permission. Yeah. And it's intention, right? Yeah. Yeah. These people are open to having that sort of energy around. Um, So that's Alice uh, or Therese, whichever you prefer. And, um, I also just wanted to follow up. I think we were going to talk about, um, because you've mentioned decluttering, clearing out your cupboard. There was another good tip that I didn't mention last week. And that was with Mm -hmm. uh, Jason Smith from our publishing episode that we did. Ocean Reef. Publishing. And he was talking about, and I thought this is really good, Lauren, because I had a computer blow up and it was important. I liked all the stuff that was on there. I had a lot of writing (laughs) and things like that on there and it blew up. And I was talking to Jason about that because he had a laptop blow up as well. And he was talking about reformatting and all these sorts of things and how important that is to do. And it's painful. Like no one wants to do that because you've got to put everything onto a hard drive and put it back on there and rah, rah, But he does that once a year and he hasn't had another computer blow up and he lost a lot of important stuff when that happened to him. And so did I. So, it's, I just thought it was worth mentioning that it's uh, maybe a good idea to reformat your computer once a year or every six months, mm-hmm. depending on how much you use it. And especially with me, because I'm doing all my Zoom recordings on here. So I've got a lot of computer audio going onto my um, computer now onto this computer, the Mac. And I'm finding it's running a lot slower and I'm having to clear things off more often. So I, I do have a separate hard drive that I'm getting things off and putting it onto that but I am finding it's running slower and it's taking longer to do the normal things that I do. So I definitely feel like I probably need to reformat this one as well. So I just thought that was another good tip that Jason mentioned to me. Yeah. If you don't want your computer to blow up and um, no one really wants that. So I just yeah. thought I'd mention that continuing on from last week's episode as well.
0: Yeah, that's a good idea. And decluttering stuff like your desktop, because your desktop actually, if you have a lot of files on there, it will actually drag it down. So just yeah. get rid of the stuff in your desktop and I back up mine. I just have a, um, Time machine through Mac. I have time machine through Mac as
1: well. Yeah. Hard
0: drive, and then I just yeah. back it up like every week. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I've started sort of doing that, good but tip. I think reformatting is a, a good idea as well. So catching up on our last week, or this week has gone, I've had a lot fewer people towards the beginning of the week. I had school holidays, and I think that that may affect, you know, my business, people being away and things like that. So I have noticed a bit of a drop that was towards the beginning of the week. And then towards the end of the week, yesterday, I only had a couple of bookings and then I ended up being fully booked. Today I'm fully booked and working till nine thirty tonight. So, um, it's pretty, pretty full on. So it's just interesting. I find the different seasons, uh, people going away mm-hmm. and things and I'm like, Oh, beginning of the week was pretty, pretty quiet. And then it's kind of back to normal and I'm back up to earning over my minimum, over my minimum that I set for myself. So, That's been really good. And it's good because I do take, I used to take things like that personally. I'd be like, Oh, no one wants to see me. I'm a big, low, a big, you know, lonely kind of person here. Like, you know, what am I going to do? I have to go and get a job. And then it's, it's like, Oh, well maybe it's school holidays. And it sort of occurred to me that it's not me, that it's just the season. So I feel like I have to get used to that probably over Christmas and things like that as well. I'm probably going to have some downtime. It just means I can take some time off. So I think that that's a really good lesson, and I actually had my first negative feedback. And I know this is a bit of a downer, but there is a positive side to it. Um, But I did have my first negative feedback after my Facebook Live on Monday, which is a first. I've never had that before, and it was pretty bad. Um, It was it was pretty full on, and because I'm so high, like I'm like in you know I'm out here. I'm like ah, you know, like an angel, and then I'm like going through (laughs) my messages, you know, really happy. And people were saying to me, oh my gosh, you know, energy tonight's so great and like, rah, rah. And then I jumped in and I was like, wow, it was like a smack in the face. And I felt like the biggest lesson because the person had, it was a mother and she asked me to connect with a family member. We turned up with her son. And I, because I'm rushing and I'm trying to get through as many people as I can, because this is potential clients for me. So if I can get through a lot of readings and people can see what I do, then that's more right. people booking appointments with me. So right. I sort of speed through, speed through, and I was going through all the mediumship and any other, other people I did mediumship for loved it. They were like, yes, this is right. And that's right. And that's accurate. And right. So it was really good that this one person kind of twisted what I'd said. So I know what my intention was. And I've never, I would never say anything negative about someone's loved one. I, I just haven't, I've never done that. I will convey their messages. Like if they are feeling bad or down or sad or whatever that case may be, um, they may convey that, but I've never criticized someone's loved one. Like I just wouldn't do that. And I actually know this lady cause I read for her daughter. And so I, I remembered that the, I remembered the name Chase and I was like, yeah, and I know that that's, I think that's her son. So I remembered the background and I have read for the daughter. So I've actually connected with the boy before. So I knew who I was connecting Mm -hmm. to. And so I was going through the process and talking about what I was feeling about him and all of that. And she just sort of twisted it around and made out like I was basically saying he was this evil, evil person. And I was so surprised because that's not my intention at all. So the lesson I took from that though, and not taking it personally, the lesson I took from that is maybe I need to slow down. Maybe I need to convey my messages in a clearer way and just kind of slow down more. Because if she's misunderstood what I've said, um, then I must be going through too quickly. And I actually messaged her daughter because I was so concerned, the one that I read for, and I said, is your mum okay? I'm really worried, you know, I got this feedback. And she said, look, she said, I I just think it was a misunderstanding. I think she misunderstood what you meant. Because her daughter loved the reading with me. Like we never had, we've never had any bad, things to say about each other so she thought it was misunderstanding as well but um her mum has just written me off she's just like no so for me I feel like maybe I just need to slow down and I think that's what I'm taking out of it as a positive moving forward because it's the first negative feedback I've had in almost six months so which is pretty Mm. good Um, But it did upset me because the worst thing in the world, I think, is being misunderstood. And I think Sharon might have spoken about this in our relationship reading um, message uh, podcast that we did with her, Sharon Chapman, the relationship coach. Being misunderstood is the worst thing. And when your intention is just love and light, love and light, love and light, and someone takes the darkness from that, I also felt like probably she was still struggling. I feel like probably she may be struggling with the passing and things like that. Yeah, because it just was not my intention at all. I don't have any bad intentions. It just isn't my no. thing.
0: So I, I yeah. think that um, I I think number one, often people project onto other people as well. So yeah. if there, if if this mother had felt maybe that some of that truth for herself, mm. she could have been hearing what she already suspected. Yeah. Right. So that that's one. Number two, you are a very direct matter of fact mm. type of person. Mm. And when you smile and everything, it really lights up and changes your whole demeanor. But I can mm. only imagine that when you're delivering information, you're being, you're trying to be as streamlined and clear and direct as possible. Yeah. In mediumship, and, especially because these people right. who died. So yeah, you know, right. But for like... you, I know you're full of love and light and compassion and, and grace and all of that sort of stuff. But I think sometimes if you're delivering a message your message and your intention is to get it across, Mm. but that person is, it could be absolutely blown away that you can even do this. Like, Mm. you know, many people would think that this isn't even true. Right. Mm. So they could be dealing with that. And you're right. The grief and the missing and of that person. Mm. And when we, um, when people like you and me, we believe we just shift on to the next thing. Like we're a soul, we're ever, you know, we live on forever, or whatever. You know, I actually don't know if that's what you think, but that's what I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah you do. Then, yeah, then, you know, for us, it for you, it might not be as difficult to convey this stuff, especially because it's every day for you. But for them, like that's that woman's son, mm. and so if she already had any feelings about him not being a genuine person or whatever, then you couple it on with sometimes the messages might be not given to her in the in a sweet, gentle, nurturing, loving way, even though that's the intention behind it, you're Mm. just trying to say, this is what I'm getting Yeah, and she might need a hug. And it's very (laughs) factual, yeah.
1: And I think the difference is, and and look, she said she'd had readings before and um, the things that I said had never come up. And there's a difference because I read for, as I said, I've had this spirit come through with her daughter and it didn't immediately click because I'm just sort of getting the the evidence, the facts, the confirmation, validation, all of that. It didn't immediately, I remembered the name, but it was only afterwards that I remembered it was her daughter that I'd read for. Um, So that didn't immediately click to me when I was doing the reading. But when you're one-on-one and when I was with her daughter and I was connecting to her brother, because it was her brother, um, her mother's son, and it was really beautiful and love and light. And, you know, you convey all of that because you have an hour to do that. When you're doing Facebook Live, you have about, three minutes with each person, if that. And so you've got to build a connection, you've got to bring them into the room, you've got to do all this stuff, and you've only got about you know three minutes is what I spend with each person, three to five minutes. So it's very, very quick as opposed to an hour where you can sort of step them through this and bring them in gently and do all of these things. So it's, you know, yes, she's had other readings, but it's different doing a five minute reading to an hour reading. Like it's quite a different scenario. But I didn't always do mediumship for that reason. I didn't start out doing mediumship in this forum, but a lot of people were asking for it. So I thought, well, incorporate the mediumship. And I was only doing three mediumship connections. And then I started doing four. And I think this week I did maybe five or six So perhaps I've just gone a little bit too, you know, high where I need to maybe cut it down a little bit with the mediumship because it does take longer, you know, to get the connections and then I try to rush through it. So it might be good just to, um, yeah, wind that back a little bit down to the three or four. And just limited at that. But it's hard, you know, when you're doing this, you really want to connect with everyone. You want to help everyone. So I do do free readings and I did do a free reading for a lady, which was beautiful. Um, She wanted to connect to her dog that she had to put down and was really feeling guilty about it. And that was beautiful. It was like real tearjerker, just beautiful. And it was a great pick me up for me because I love doing animal communications and I just wanted to do that for her for free. So I do at least one free reading a week for someone. And that's um, usually a 30 minute connection. And I've got no expectation of anything from that. I don't expect them to rebook or anything like that. If they do, that's great. But I just like to do that for the people I feel really need it and really deserve it. And uh, that's why I did that. So it made me feel a lot better and it was a really good pick me up. So,
0: Okay, let's get into the show. So basically the show is, uh, you know, it's about burning the candle at both ends. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can tell you that when I, before I moved to Australia, I was working as a producer and I was doing lots of shows and I had my own gallery. And before I bought my own gallery, which also doubled as an event space, I was running my own production company, I was working with a lot of artists. I was working in a few different collectives. And I ended up doing probably around 300 shows, events. Wow, wow. In probably, I don't know, maybe a year, year and a half, a lot, like a lot. And uh, that was some of the things were small, you know, like a gallery opening. Uh, But then it would also go big to like a big grandiose party that took me five or six months to plan. So it was just Mm -hmm. everything in between. And I felt that when I moved to Australia, I was so, well, also I'm learning a lot about myself, whereas being somebody who's sensitive to energy, I was giving, 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 giving all the time. And I didn't take a lot of time to replenish or rejuvenate or rest, which is what we're going to talk about a bit on this show today. And anyway, I, I sort of feel that I burnt myself out for around six years. Now the reason why I'm mm-hmm. saying the six year thing is because I was working for the company. And it wasn't until, you know, last year that I felt ready to start my own business again, which I did raw consulting on the side. Mm-hmm. And so that's my kind of indicator that previous to that I wasn't ready or I would have done it. And mm-hmm. so yeah, I guess I can relate to our conversation basically with what I'm dealing with now anyway, but primarily during that time. And uh, I was also leading probably more of an unhealthy lifestyle as well, like a lot more um, late nights, a lot more partying, a lot more drinking, you know, things like that, that isn't a part of my life now. Mm. And uh, so that obviously would have, you you know, kind of probably brought a lot of burnout as well. Yeah, we can imagine. Uh, going to bed at three in the morning, on average, two, three in the morning, getting up at nine, wow. ten in the morning. It's just like not the ideal for lots of months. Mm. So months and months and months. So anyway, it doesn't matter. It's it's all good. I regret nothing, as they say. <laughs> but uh, it's really important to take care of yourself. And I think that you know, when you're in your twenty, late twenties, mid twenties, like I was, you you know, it's not as much of a priority. And as you get older, you. You kind of realize that you really need to do that because you can't burn the candle at both ends so no. i guess uh what are your thoughts on the theme today and and how can you relate
1: yeah it's interesting because it is uh, at all levels i think and it is dietary as you said it's also sleep you know that's sleep is when we heal so if we're not getting sleep at the correct hours and that's why i think doing a midnight to dawn shift and as many as i did i did a lot of them when i was very young going through school, I did a lot of midnight to dawns and it's just not good for your body because your body is not used to being awake at that time of night. It's not designed to be awake at that time of night and it definitely does take a toll. And I think for me, getting up, doing brekkie radio for 18 years, uh, definitely took a toll on my body and um, it definitely puts you into that sort of burnout mode. And I think the biggest turning point for me and a real realisation for me was when I decided to freelance And I thought, you know, this will be fun. I know there's a lot of demand for journos and things like that. So I freelanced for a year. We built that house on the Gold Coast, which I just love. It's my favorite house ever. And we built that house and I didn't even see it. Like, I don't remember where the rooms are. I don't know what the kitchen looks like. Like I literally spent no time there. I was doing open. So I was doing brekkie shift in one radio station. I was doing a drive shift in another radio station Wow. I was just driving from all over the place. i drive as far away as an hour from my home to go to one of the radio stations I was at. Another one was about 45 minutes. I was literally just driving from two different radio stations. I was like working seven days a week, nonstop, breakfast, dinner, everything. And I couldn't do the shopping. We ended up having to get like U foods and all of this sort of stuff because I just couldn't do the shopping or cook or do anything. Like I just wasn't at home at all. And it was great money, but it put me into the next tax bracket. So I got punished. I ended up having to pay money back uh, at the end of the year, which sucked at the end of the financial year. But also I realized that I was burning the candle at both ends when I started to get really faint and almost falling over. So I would be just pushing pushing it and pushing it and pushing it and I could feel myself. I'd get very cold hands and cold feet. And then I'd get sort of tingly and I'd go to sort of stand up and I'd have to grab onto the wall because I felt like I was going to fall over. And I feel like that's when it really, and I think I had to push myself to the nth degree to feel that, but I feel like that's what burnout is. Like, I feel like that must be what it feels like. And yeah, it was a really hard 12 months. And I think it took me a long time to recover from that. And I did kind of put on more weight and things like that. And then luckily I moved to the Sunshine Coast and met a great naturopath and it all you know, came off and it was great, but it did take a, take a while to turn my body back around from what I put myself into. So it can be pretty dangerous, I think, burnout. So that's my kind of experience and that's how I realized what it felt like. And I think it's good to have had that experience because when you're now running your own business or what we're doing is running our own business. I remember those feelings and I think when I'm doing back-to-back readings all day, then I do need to have those little kind of schedule breaks and things because I know what it feels like to almost pass out and I don't like that feeling, so I don't want to put myself back into that again. Yes, I'm doing yeah. a 9.30 finish tonight, but I've got a huge break in between where I can walk the dog, go and do things, eat dinner, blah, 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 come back you know, do that final booking and I've got a half-hour break in between most of my readings today, so I feel like I'm, I'm learning. And hopefully that's what we are doing moving forward because we can only learn from our experiences. If we don't learn from them, then potentially they can kill us because, you know, that wasn't a good situation. I couldn't have done that for more than 12 months, what I was doing. Mm. It was just it was just crazy, but um, a really good lesson. So the other thing with my readings and healings and things doing my own business, and I'm sure everyone at home can relate to this in their own business if that's what they're doing or even with the company is you can't give a hundred percent. So I'm sure that when I was writing and things like that, I probably wasn't writing as well as I could, you know, news and and things because I was so tired and I wasn't sleeping enough and things like that. And I I was only eating new foods and it just wouldn't have been my best. And I think in this job now, it's the same. Like if I do nine readings back to back, which I couldn't even do, it's too many. But if I did seven or eight readings back to back without a break, the last person's not going to be getting much value for money. <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be exhausted. And so I think it's definitely. definitely been yeah, definitely been a good lesson for me. How do you feel about that?
0: Yeah, that's big. I, I think that what you said earlier, you know, it sounds dramatic when you say you could die, but I believe it's true because mm. people would get heart they get heart attacks. Yeah, they get panic attacks that they don't recover from, they have strokes you know, their, um, their body shut down because maybe sometimes they're also overcompensating with alcohol Mm -hmm. or not eating well, drugs, even, Mm -hmm. you know, all these sort of things. So it's kind of, it's, you know, when you're overdoing it and I guess I'm going to talk a little bit later, but you know, sort of about why we're doing that, or I guess I'll, I'll get into it now. I mean, the fact of the matter is that when you're doing something, when you can get clear on your purpose or what's driving you or why you're doing a certain thing to achieve what outcome, I think that that can actually help you to decide where you're going to spend your time and your mm-hmm. energy. So, I read a really great book a while ago called The One Thing, and uh, it's really fabulous. And if anyone at home struggles with time management or just making time to do the uh, the things that they want to do in their life, that, that one thing that drives them, I'd really recommend you read that book. But one of the things they talk about in that book, which you might not agree with Michelle, so I'm happy to hear it, is that balance is a lie. So I always thought that we needed to have, you know, if you have like the quadrant of emotional, physical, spiritual, and then mental kind of, you know, like a quadrant of that, and then you sort of like tick and write all the things that you're doing in each area. Mm-hmm. I always thought it needed to be balanced, but I don't really agree with that anymore. I think that what you need to do is just honor where you are and listen to where you're at. Because some days, and I'm sure you can agree with this, I can work a 10-hour day and I feel fine. Mm -hmm. I don't need to balance anything. I love what I do. I, you know, probably here and there, I had a little bit of time to get some fresh air, some sun or whatever. I don't need to do anything else. I don't need a physical, maybe that day um, break. I don't, right? But then the following day, I might need to go for my run. I might Mm -hmm. need to meditate. I might need, right? I might need to rejuvenate. Or it's possible that I'm on fire and I can do another 10 hours that day of work. But then the following day, I need, you know, that balance again. So I think that, you know, a big part of it is kind of, Honoring where you are at, at the time that you're at it and listening. I think that where we get caught up is when we, when we go, Oh, I really need a break, but I'm not going to give myself that break. I think that's where we get screwed. Yeah. So I just want to throw that out there as far as the balance thing. I, I I think that, you know, and the more self, you know, the more in tune people get with who they are, like self-awareness, building that emotional Mm you know, awareness of like, uh, and meditating and spending time on things that you kind of reflect on, you know, what's, what's lifting you up in your life. What decisions are you making that support the future? You, you know, all these kind of things. I think that the more clear you are on your own journey and yourself, you'll be able to make decisions that take you where you want to go and support you as opposed to numb numbing. Mm. Cause I think when we're workaholics, especially when we work for other people. And I'm going to talk about that in the next segment. I think that sometimes we lose sight of why we're doing the things that we're doing. Mm. And, uh, you know, we were kind of talking a little bit off, uh, off recording earlier, but in the, uh, in the power, um, sorry in the raw raw spirit team this month, we had a power hour and it was by Noni Leonard. She's a live coach and uh, you can find her on on Instagram and Facebook. Anyway, she was teaching about vision boards and during her session, she actually had me on the on the hour with her, kind of commenting and asking questions and bouncing off of each other and stuff, right? And so she said to me, Why do you run the spirit team? And I went, Well, she goes, What's your why behind that? And I said, uh, because and I can't remember. Oh, I I, I would have said something along the lines of, you know, because I want to be of value to people, I want to you know, I've got all this, this knowledge and creative ideas and a lot of, you know, I know a lot of things and I want to share that information with people. And then she made me go, why behind that? Why? <laughs> and then I said, well, cause I really want to empower people to be the best they can be to find their own resilience, to, you know, move their business forward at the pace that they need to go at, but also help them be accountable. Da, da, da. So what that really taught me in that experience was that I need to be aware Not only of the return on investment on where I'm spending my time on the things that I'm doing, but why I'm doing them. Because at the moment, I feel like in my business, I'm doing a lot of stuff and not all of it is moving me forward, not all of it is bringing me joy. And the fact that I did my classic example where I take on everything or a lot of stuff that I love because it fuels my soul and I'm very easily excitable. So it's really easy for me to get pumped up about a project, Mm. you know, even if I've got five other projects on the go, right? And maybe I could just wait on that because again, we don't need to do everything right now. So I'm, I'm having to have a real kind of, I don't know, I'm having to really get clear with myself about what my priorities are. So what I did is I did a list of a bunch of the things that I'm doing. So my workshops that I love, my um, time management course that I'm building, which is going to bring me in uh, more reoccurring revenue. Cause it's all about, for me, I'm all about multiple revenue streams, the spirit team, I've got three podcasts and I work at the restaurant. My hours have been increasing there. So, you know, they're anywhere from four hours to like 15 to 20 hours a week. Uh, So it's kind of like I'm not able to do all of it with the same sort of energy because within that, I still need to cultivate time for my relationship, for my relationship with self, right? All that. Mm. So... You know, I can tell you because we're friends. So what I decided is that I'm I'm not recording the bra bra podcast anymore. I uh, have already done a lot of work on that, meaning I have enough episodes essentially recorded to bring me to the end of December anyway. Wow. so I was just recording episodes so I could get ahead. Mm. Now, somebody listening might go, what? none of that is current. Well, uh, hello, I'm excellent at time management. So that's why I can do everything, but I am not doing, I'm not cultivating enough time for time off, which is what I'm going to go into, you know, after I take a breath and I give you a chance to speak about what my, you know, my strategy is and my plan essentially. But what I realize is that, I was just recording a lot to kind of get on top of things so that I could set and forget. But the challenge that I'm having is I'm not promoting all the stuff that I'm doing as well as I need to uh. because I'm caught up with recording and banking all the episodes. And so my social content, even for business and party, I'm due in the next like couple of days to rejig for the next month and a half, right? I'm not, so it's kind of like, well, if I'm not promoting everything, to the best of my ability. Why am I even doing it? Mm-hmm. So yeah. So what I did, and I mean, on Tuesday, I had five podcast recordings in that day. And kind of like you, all those people deserve the best from me. Yeah. And I'm on fire, so that I'm supporting them, and I know the direction I want to take the episode because I don't. I'm not down for my guest controlling the direction. I am. I know the outcome I'm trying to get right. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. So what I did is I went over the next month and a half. I figured out the episodes or the guests that I really wanted or had some kind of good relationship with or whatever. I've kept those episodes and I have can I canceled everything else. So
1: that's a yeah. big deal. That is a big deal. Yeah,
0: because you know why, Michelle? A large part of me doing the raw raw podcast, yeah, it's because I love it and I love learning and all that. That's a hundred percent true. but when you when you have a lot of things you want to do, mm. something's got to give and it's the one thing that at the moment I, I'm not investing in a VA to do all my editing so I'm doing all my own editing. I'm doing all my own, right graphics and yeah. promotion. Da, 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 da. So it had to go because it did it wasn't fueling me. The the real purpose behind me doing that podcast was because I was building authority so people could see I know my shit and then they could sign on for the raw raw spirit team mm. so that I can help them grow their business and build my community. That that's the driver. And that frankly just isn't enough. That doesn't cut no. it.
1: It's good asking so, that why though, isn't it? It's good asking the why yeah. and then the why behind the why because that's what it got you yeah. to.
0: Yeah. And the why behind the why, well, I had to think about business and party podcasts and I was like, okay, well, do I want to do that? And Mm. it's like, well, I do love that.
1: Mm. I
0: do love catching up with you. I find that I get to catch up with a good friend. That's important to me. Uh, you're doing the editing. So that's not cutting into my time. I'm doing the promoting, but that's part of the, our arrangement. And I wouldn't, Mm. I wouldn't do it any other way. And, uh, Mm. Yeah. So it's like, no, I want to, I want to do, I want to do this. I also like bouncing off of each other. <laughs> So you're, you're safe for now, girl. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I thought about the Afterlight, the spiritual podcast. And I that thought, okay.
1: so well. The Afterlight is yeah, so but popular.
0: But when I was like, I got that. it. I love it. Anyway, part of me was like, do I need to let that go now as well? So what I realized is that I love it. I interviewed a guest uh, the other day and it was so cool and strange. And I loved it. And yeah, it's good. So I went, okay. So then I realized, all right, I'm three weeks ahead in that. I, This is the thing. I don't like having to record an episode on a Monday or a Tuesday to go live on the Thursday. For me, yeah. I need to allow myself time to, be, if I need a break, yeah. right? but I still want to show up consistently. So right now I'm about three weeks in advance. I've got a few really excellent, fabulous guests booked in. And then I realized that I'll only do one podcast recording maybe a week just so that I'm a little bit ahead on that one. I don't need to be three months ahead. Yep. And uh, I love doing that. That one is really passionate. So Mm -hmm. anyway, I've talked a lot just now, but, uh, no, it's, a really it's a really good message it's a really good
1: message things, yeah. yeah yeah i love that i think um there's a lot that i took out of that i made a couple of notes because uh the listener at home may not realize but we often write down things that we like that we've sort of said during the show and then sometimes use, use them as quotes when we're promoting our different episodes so i wrote down a couple of things that i really like there and I think the biggest message is, and and I can sort of learn from this as well, is when you're doing too much, you're not promoting yourself as much as you could be. And I think that's what I took out of what you were saying. When you spread yourself that thinly, which is what uh, we do sometimes, then we're not promoting ourselves. We're not getting the content out there so that the people who need to read or listen to what we're doing they're not receiving it because we're just so yeah. caught up in getting three months ahead, three months ahead, three months ahead. So yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, and I think that was really great. And the way that you worded that was perfect. So yeah, it's an important lesson. And I think whether we're self-employed or not, and both of us have worked for companies for many years. So self-employment is a new, relatively new thing. Um, we can still suffer burnout. And I think that's a lesson from this is coming into my own business. I kind of felt like, Oh, it's going to be different. I've got, I can schedule things, I can do this, I can do that, I've got all the control, but I'm still figuring that out. And I think with Facebook, we've spoken about before, people can book like a minute before the hour and, and book a reading with me. And then I'm like mad, mad woman, you know, trying to send Zoom links and do all these things. And I'm like, oh my God, and then I'm frazzled going into these readings. And so there's a whole bunch of things you still have to deal with when you're working for yourself. And... Um, I think that often when we work for others, though, and I know many people who are still working for companies and things like that, you get loaded up with jobs. And often I say to my friends who are in these situations, I'm like, is that even in your job description, like that role that you've been asked to do? Like, is that in job description? Because so many people do all these other things that they're not supposed to be doing. And then the company kind of takes advantage of that and says, well, if you can do all of those things, we'll just let you keep doing them because you're obviously doing them and coping. But that poor person may be working a lot of overtime. You know, they may be staying back till nine o'clock at night, you know, trying to get it all done, but they just can't say no. And there's a lot of that where it's like, look, where do you draw the line? You know, is it in your job description? No. Well, maybe you just say, I'm not going to be able to get it done. And I think for someone who does time management, which I know we've spoken along those lines before, it's just it you have to say no you just have to draw the yep. line so i think whether you're working for yourself or someone else it can even be harder i think working for someone else and having to tell them no is more difficult than telling myself no i think because with me it's just rescheduling moving things around sometimes i'll say to people you know what uh i need a, a, a bit of a break or i'm running a bit late can we do this you know can i bump you another 15 minutes or something like that and just ask if that's all right so i think it's all sort of a learning process but I do feel like it's easier to kind of say no to myself in my own business than it was to have to do that with someone else, especially if it's your boss. And um, that's sort of what I've learned from uh, doing this. But the whys are important to me because I certainly have been asking myself, um, you know, why am I doing this? And my, my why for this is to help and heal that's that's my ultimate goal is to help people and heal. I heal through my readings very much. I also heal on the table when I'm doing the actual healing. And that's my that's my why. So if I can't do that, if I have people saying to me, you know, any negative feedback, you know, misunderstandings, things like that, then I need to slow down and I need to ask myself, how can I do that differently? And that sort of thing, yeah. because my why is helping and healing. It's not upsetting people. So Ultimately, um, I need to be able to be satisfied with my day. At the end of the day, I need to be able to say to myself, you know, I'm really happy with what I've achieved today. I feel like I help some people, and then I can sleep at night. And that's that's why I do what I do. And I guess that's why we schedule in breaks to so make sure we don't burn the candle at both ends. And that's my
0: motivation.
1: How do you yeah. feel about that?
0: Well, number one people often avoid saying no because it creates conflict. Mm. So yeah. that's, that's normally what happens. So I think once you know that one thing that I've been teaching in my workshop actually is how to say no. And you know what I, I had the people do is I wrote some scripts and they actually practice saying no to each other. They got ah, up and they, they actually did good. the exercise of saying no, because often if you re, if you practice saying no to somebody or you practice different ways of saying no, and you actually legitimately practice the chances are of you reacting in that way is actually gonna be more likely. Yeah, that's good, I like that. So if somebody listening is having a struggle with saying no, practice different ways of saying no. No, I'm sorry, I'm not able to do that. Uh, I'm afraid I wouldn't do the best job for you. Uh, I'm not qualified in that area. I have um, competing priorities at the moment and I'm not able to allocate time, whatever the case may be. The other thing I will say is that if somebody's listening and they have a challenge with saying no, to a boss, often one thing that you could do is you could say, Hey, I have X, Y, Z on the go. They all seem to be a priority. Can you please tell me which one you want me to do first so Mm. that I can Mm -hmm. prioritize that one first. And then that might mean that we need to push the deadline of the other project, or we might need to reevaluate, you know, the timeline or the outcomes that we're trying to get from it or whatever. Mm -hmm. So sometimes just having the communication like that is also really important. The other thing too, is that if somebody is asking you for help and you have other things on the go, sometimes you could say, yes, I can help you with that. Again, if you want to, if you don't want to, you don't say yes. Yeah. Yes. I can help you with that. If you're able to help me with this other thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. An so sometimes when you're saying yes, it should be like a win-win mm. proposition. I used to have a boss who basically told me that if I'm ever doing anything for someone else, there should be something in it for me. <laughs> mm. no, so, not so bad. You know, I like that because it's an exchange, it was, isn't it? It's an exchange. Yeah. It's an exchange energy. Yeah. Yeah. So the other thing I, I will say is that. Uh, I wanted to talk about lunch break. So I don't know if you saw, I put out a piece of content recently and it was just, you know, me sitting outside for a couple minutes talking about taking a break. So mm-hmm. when I worked for the company, I worked just under seven years, so probably six and a half years. And I would think that within that period of time, I worked five days a week on average, right? Mm. Well, yeah, pretty much. I never worked week. Well, I worked weekends for the first year and a half. Doesn't matter. Let's say five days a week. In general, I took maybe four to five lunch breaks a month maximum for that whole period of time. Now, this is the key about that four to five unpaid lunch breaks. We do not get paid for our lunch breaks, especially even if we're on salary, they're not paid. They're an hour free for you to do your thing. Now, when you add that, and I'm sure you can relate, and I know you can relate to this. I also did easily anywhere between one hour and an hour and a half of overtime pretty much every single day I worked. And then I'm still talking that, and I probably did on top of that, I know you can relate to this because there were many times we were communicating on like maybe a Saturday or Sunday Mm -hmm. because there's breaking news, you know, maybe anywhere from two to five hours of overtime on top of that a month as well. Now some months I wouldn't have done any and some months I would have done five or six, maybe. Right. So I'm just mm. kind of generalizing. We're am trying to go with all of this is that that company made me redundant. Mm. And so I ask you, was it worth it? <laughs> <laughs> was it worth giving up hours of my life, mm. hours of my life? So Good let's question. say five hours a month. Let's just, let's just, Make it the most minimum thing, five hours a month. Well, that's sixty hours a year. So sixty times six is thirty-six. So that's what three hundred and sixty hours I gave up of my life. Is that did I do my math right? Mm,
1: I think so. That sounds pretty accurate. For me, it would be about five hours a day. So that's pretty depressing. Then I
0: would go no. (laughs) For you, five hours a day overtime.
1: Oh, easily. Yeah, I was working 24 hours a day. The bushfires, 24 hours a day, all the different major news events, COVID. Yeah, absolutely. So
0: 360 hours, and again, we both know I went on a super minimum here so that we can Mm. get an accurate number. I went 360 hours over the time that I was there. Then we're only talking lunch breaks. We're not talking overtime Mm. Uh, because I'm going off five hours a month, right? That's 15 days of my life. I gave for a company who made me redundant. Now, the company did well by me when I was made redundant. It's okay. I don't hold hard feelings. I'm just trying to explain mm. that when you think about time and you realize that time is ticking away and that you will never get another moment back, that shit is real mm. and that's quantifiable.
1: Mm. And
0: so, I think it's really important that people pay attention to taking their well-deserved breaks, especially when they're working for someone else, but it's just as important when you're working for yourself. If you kind of think about yourself as the CEO or the boss of your business, you would never treat other people like that, right? Whenever I, when I managed somebody, if I saw they came in early, I would let them go early. I understood. I saw it. I didn't expect them to volunteer. Yeah. You know, if I noticed that they were doing working through lunches often, I'd let them have an early knockoff on a Friday because mm. that's just what you do. Because mm. you're not a freaking volunteer.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's interesting so, too with that, because um, you know, with the lunch breaks, I think I had a total of three over the three years. So maybe I have one one lunch break a year. Um, that would yeah. be the max. Um, because as a journal, you don't really have any time, you're just constantly doing stuff. And it's interesting because at the uh, company And i've worked for other radio stations but at the company um there was no kitchen they actually didn't have a kitchen or they didn't have like a sitting area so um it wasn't really designed for anyone to you know have lunch and chat or any of that sort of stuff but other companies i've worked for have had that they've had a kitchen so you are more inclined to go out you know get your lunch have a sit down have a cup of tea you know things like that and i did make the effort to have breaks at other companies, but at this one, they didn't even have a sitting area. There was no communal sitting area. So there was nowhere to go. Um, So there was kind of no motivation to stop and get away from the computer because there's nowhere else to sit. So I think that was a big demotivator. And I think that's interesting for people who are working for other people to have a think about. It's like, do you have a communal area? Is Is your company set up for that? And I think that's really good for kind of staff morale, you know, that sort of thing, getting people together and be able to sort of debrief, have a chat, step away from the computer and then go back. So I just think that's something interesting for people who are running businesses to have a think about.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I had, uh, I was talking to a friend the other day. Number one, I will say that the radio stations that I worked at, they all had those breakout rooms so yeah. in general, except for one actually, but three of them did. Uh, the other thing that I will say is that I was talking to a friend about this the other day and she said that she made a point over the years of physically leaving her work and taking her hour break. Mm. And so whenever I would in the kind of like the last few months of working, I actually would take a break. I'd go to my car and I'd sit and read a book or I would go and do an errand or whatever. Mm leaving the physical area is also really, really good. And the other thing that I want to throw in here to the mix is, is attitude because Mm. I noticed that when I saw other people take their lunch break, I sometimes felt resentment. Yeah. Or when I noticed that they were taking a 15 minute break and I'm shouting out for a minute, all the smokers, you know, if you're a smoker, I know you're not Michelle, but you know, fine. That's you. You live your own life. That's that's fine. But when you're not a smoker, you're not taking these breaks. So when a smoker is going off every two hours or whatever for a 15 minute break, well, non-smokers are not getting those breaks. That's correct. So that's the other thing, right? But yeah. I noticed sometimes people would take a 15 minute break to just reset their mind. And I would feel resentment over mm, it. Yeah. Because I would think to myself, how is it that i have so much work here that i can barely breathe you know because i have that much to do and you can go and you can play ping pong or you can go and you can fluff around you know the, the office okay. so but again it was up for it was up to me to to make that a priority and i didn't mm. do it yeah. so if you're feeling resentment or anything you're responsible for your own life no one else is gonna sit you think somebody's gonna sit there and go you know in general hey make sure you take a break like Mm -hmm. I would do that with people I manage but Mm -hmm. no one did that to me very often right and it depends on the company. company
1: I think it depends on who you're working for too, because it's like, for sure. if that's yeah. the norm, the norm is to take a break, then I guess that's the norm. And I think we gauge that when we go into working in a particular place. I don't know one of the companies I worked for, which is a very big uh, network and they were just awesome. They had like the air hockey, they had like a studio where you could go and hang out and listen to bands and like all this really cool stuff. They had ping pong, they'd have a ping pong table in the reception area Um, so there was, it was just a lot of fun and it was just a completely different relaxed environment and it was expected that you would take some time away. So I think that all of that comes kind of from top down and for sure there was a lot of uh, questions around, you know, they'd send out an anonymous survey and say, you know, how are you feeling? What do you think we could be doing differently? They were very interested in how we felt and how we were coping and how our mental health was and things like that. And they would deliberately ask. And I've worked for other places where they were like, oh my God, oh my God, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. I don't want to know. Right. Like, you right. know what I mean? So I think a lot of that. Yeah, comes-
0: there's no HR person here or anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so I think
1: it's it's kind of, you get a vibe when you work for a particular place and you, you figure that out as to what's expected. Um, but I think working for myself, I've had to say no to a lot of people. And you spoke about saying no before. I've had people, as soon as I've jumped off a Facebook live, say, I want a reading now. I want a reading and healing, which is an hour and a half. And I finish my Facebook live at 8.15. Then I'm mucking around, you know, taking bookings and things till 8.30, quarter to nine. When I first started, it was like 10 o'clock. I'd still be taking bookings and sorting people out. And then I have people say, I want a reading now. I want an hour and a half of your time right now. And that would take me till 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. And I'm like, no, like, there's no way I'm doing this. But if I feel like I've got enough energy and someone says to me, can I just get half an hour? Can I just have half an hour? I didn't get a reading. I'll pay you like, no problem, blah, blah, blah. And I feel like I've got the energy to do it. I'm okay to do that. And I did do that last week. I did a reading for a lady straight after my show. Um, and she was in quite a state. And she paid me and it was half an hour and I was good with that. An hour and a half, I'm drawing the lines. So I feel like I sort of gauge my energy levels, how I'm feeling. If I've got the energy to kind of proceed with that, then I'll do that. Uh, Same as tonight, you know, working till 9.30, I've got a big break in between. So, you know, I just think it's listening, like you said before, listening to how you feel Um, and if someone's going to pay me fabulous, but if someone's expecting something for free and I get this every week, I have people messaging me, Oh, you didn't get to me, but you know, can you ask my question? I'm like, sure. An hour is this and half an hour is that and blah, blah, blah. By the way, you'll be really proud of me. I put my prices up. Forgot to mention it. I put all my prices up. So I'm still experimenting with it because normally I get a lot more reading healings, but what I've noticed, and this is good around burnout and the conversation we're having is that this week I've done less bookings. So because the school holidays, but I'm still way up on, uh, way above my minimum because I have a minimum sort of what I want to earn, way above that. Um, And it's fabulous. So I've definitely done less bookings, but just having $10 more for my readings each week coming in. And I did put my reading healing up, as I said, and I didn't get a lot of reading healing bookings. And normally I get a lot more. So Mm. I've sort of been experimenting with that. I put it up to 99 and it was 90. And then I've dropped it back down to 95. And I still haven't, I've only had a couple come in um, not as many as I'm used to. So I'm sort of working with that. So I may have to rejig that a bit more, but
0: can I comment on that for a minute? One thing I learned the other day, I haven't done a lot of studying into this, but I'm just telling you that somebody mm-hmm. that I'm taking some training from, they said that when you're pricing things, you always want to end it in an odd number, but not the number five.
1: Ah, see I did 99 and I didn't find, I didn't get any uh, bookings. I only
0: had a couple. Uh, apparently sevens and threes are very good. Okay, that's good good advice. Just see how that feels. And what's really cool too is that next week we're actually talking about pricing mm-hmm. in our next week's episode. Yeah, so that so we can Stick see way. whether or not um Courtney's got some advice on that.
1: Okay. So 95, maybe not so good. Five, uh, yeah.
0: 397.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm experimenting, but um, yeah, 99, I did get a couple of people paying that, but it definitely was way lower than what I normally would get. I do lots of reading healings and I thought, mm, I think that that's definitely had an impact. So I'll um, have a look at that. And then next week, we're going to talk more about this. So it's going to be a good segue um, for next week. Um, and so Lauren, did you have anything else to add about, you know, what else you've been sort of doing scheduling things into your week or anything like that?
0: Yes. I do want to talk about that because it's super important. So number one, I just want to remind everybody that everybody, sorry, you and our listener at home Mm. that, uh, you know, basically it's normal to get into a habit and then sometimes we forget about the habit and we get out of it and then we Mm. stop, reset, regroup and do it again. Right. So for me being great at time management, I sometimes forget to get into my own habits again, like I'll, I'll do it really well. And then I'll stop and I'll kind of like, all of a sudden it's like, Oh no. And I'll be more reactive than proactive. Yeah. So where I'm going with that is this. Okay. So I'm having this huge realization about where I'm spending my time and what I want to do. And then I realized that I hadn't actively been scheduling in my weeks properly that I, I was becoming more reactive and that's Mm. not how I recommend anybody run their business. I think you need to be proactive. So what I did is Sunday night, I went on Trello. I run my, uh, my schedule by Trello because that works for me. So I'll just explain my process Mm -hmm. and maybe our listener at home and maybe even you, Michelle will find this helpful. Okay. So first of all, Sunday night, I created an entire list of all the things I need, want, have to do. Okay. Then I prioritize my list by, and again, this is my uh, rah-rah like task reduction get paid method that I'm just giving to you really quickly. I'm not going to go into the nitty-gritties. You can um, buy my course if you want that. Okay, so essentially, you prioritize all the tasks. What needs to happen first? Okay, so once you've got that list, then you go and you. I have a Trello board for each day, so I'll go. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That's what I do. Saturday, Sunday, I, I'll sometimes work, but I'm not scheduling that time in. Often I work at the restaurant and then I take the afternoon off to be with my, my partner. So I've got Monday, I bring up Monday card and I go, okay, priority one is XY XYZ And I schedule in eight o'clock or 8.30 until 10.30. And what I'm gonna do, and then I go the next bout of time. Now, one thing I learned from Brendan Bouchard, I watched an overwhelm video on, from him a little while ago. And he said to create transition time between all your tasks. That's something that I've never really prioritized doing. I just get into the next thing. And I realize it's super important. And it could be as simple as go make a cup of tea, go put a load of laundry on if you work from home, go walk around the office, go you you know, wash your hands, use the washer, whatever, just kind of like break it up a bit Mm. to give your brain time to regroup and reset for the next task. So what I ended up doing is I scheduled in my entire week with everything on my to-do list. And then as things came up that didn't need to be done this week, I just put them in my to-do list for the following week. So on Sunday night when I come to Sunday night and I plan the following week, I'll allocate times to do those tasks. Now, the important thing is when you're allocating time to do your tasks, that you're giving yourself a window of opportunity to complete the the task. I almost said complete the mission, complete (laughs) the task. Because often if you give yourself a window of time, you can really laser focus to get the job done within that time. Mm. Now I have had a few examples where things take me a bit longer. Like I did all my financials, uh, you know, just getting caught up on some expenses and just assessing where I'm at already this year and stuff like that. That took me a little bit longer. I just reallocated, you know, the next task. I just adjusted the time slightly and I still allowed myself a bit of a break. And I can tell you, Michelle, it was the most exciting week I had this week, just feeling that I was in control. I knew where everything was. I didn't need to worry about that task over there because I already had scheduled it into my week. I knew it would get done. I gave myself Thursday off because I needed a break. I ended up working at the restaurant at five, but that's a different story. But I gave myself a full day before that off, right? Because I scheduled it in, in advance. Yeah. The other thing that I did is I was kind to myself. I scheduled in lunch breaks and I scheduled in some catch up time at the end of every day. So anything I couldn't get done during the day, I just did it at, like oh, near the end. Idea. And I wrap my day off or wrap my day up around five thirty-six. you know? Yeah. A couple days right. I went to the restaurant at five, but <laughs> yeah. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the fact that I intended my whole week. Mm -hmm. I did it in advance. I was kind to myself because I'm not a machine. I'm in my business for the long haul and the long term. And I do not want to burn myself out. I want to come at everything with the kind of energy and excitement and passion as I do every task. And if I'm not giving myself that time, then it's not. It's not gonna happen. Right. Right. That's so good. I
1: love that. So and it makes it you feel like in it, you're in control.
0: It, I felt I am in control. That's mm. right. And when you're in control, you are driving the ship and it is a totally different experience than letting things happen to you.
1: Mm. I love so, that. So you
0: know, I scheduled myself in all next week. I'm recording with you. And then at 1045, I've got a one hour massage and a facial because I decided that that's one of the things I love in life.
1: Mm. So
0: I'm I'm spending my money on doing that for myself every month and a half or whatever. Cause I love it. Yep. That's why we work. Right. (laughs) That's powerful. Yeah. So for you, you know, I don't know if you are intentional about your week. I know that you have people. I have to be.
1: Yeah. I have to be. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean,
1: but I think with, with what I do, it's a little bit different in that I've got to um, wait for people to sort of book. So for me, it's a little bit, less predictable. So yesterday I had the intention to, uh, cause I won't block out time unless I have to. So I did block out Wednesday and I went to Noosa cause I got some friends up here from Brisbane with their kids for school holidays. So I just blocked out my whole day pretty much went up to Noosa, hung out with my girlfriends and their children on the beach. And, um, that felt great. You know, it felt really good to do that. And I was like, I did have a reading booked in that afternoon and I was like, yep, you know, I know I've got to be back at that time to do that reading. And then I ended up getting two more readings kind of squeeze in. So I ended up doing sort of one hour one and then two half hour ones either side because I was like, oh, well, I'm sort of heading back. I can make it for that, you know. So I ended up coming back and I ended up doing three readings. But Mm -hmm. it was good because I got to spend half the day or three quarters of the day in Noosa. And then I just came back and squeezed some readings in the afternoon and I felt great. So I think when I can do that, that's good. But otherwise, you know, on Thursday, I was just like, well, I'll just see if anyone books, you know, whatever happens, happens. And if no one booked, then I would have just been doing work and catch up and improving my business and all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it ended up being a fully booked day. So I just I just usually go with the energy of the day. And so for me, it's a little bit more intuitive, but I feel okay with that. And then if uh, I'm booking out weekends now pretty much consistently. So I'll do people who are really desperate and really need a connection and can't get in in a weekday. But uh, generally speaking, I'll block block out my uh, weekend and I'll spend time with my husband. We'll go to park run and just do other things and then get back into it in the following week. So, and I do have some mentorship, one-on-one mentorship. I've got more clients locked in. So I do have some of them. They can only do like a weekend or whatever. So, but that's good. You know, I know it's scheduled in. It's not additional. It's just every week. I know that that's going to be coming up. So uh, it definitely makes you feel like you're more in control and you are in control. You know, I think sometimes we just forget that. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. But you're still doing it. That's the thing. You're blocking yeah. out that rejuvenation and that rest mm. time, mm. you know, and I can tell you when you're looking at your schedule and you're going, what do I have? What do I have going on today? Yeah. I have a lunch break. You feel pumped up about yeah. life because, yeah. you know, you can read that book. You can do that, errand, You can, you know, I love yeah. suntanning. I know, but I yeah. go for a swim or do whatever. Yeah it's just you know so every so often and it's, it comes down to what we we're talking about before listen to yourself mm. like if you're feeling tired or you need a break schedule in that break in the mm. couple, couple coming days doesn't yeah. need to just be for weekends
1: yeah and hubby hubby and i were talking about it because i uh, we walked down to the gym together he went to the coffee shop with the dog and i went to the gym and walking and he said how does it feel to be able to get up and sort of schedule your day like you could essentially start your bookings at 10 if you wanted to have an extra bit of time to go to the gym or go for a run or have breakfast somewhere or you know go and hang out with your friends and he said how does that feel because he's very much an overwhelm he's very tired and things like that and it's like yeah it feels good but it's not something that i was used to i had to get used to it it is an adjustment so I think that in terms of, you know, coping skills and things like that for me, even with my current schedule and being able to schedule things in, uh, I do have to do my meditation. I do have to do the yoga. I do need to maintain my energy because when people see me, if I look like I'm about to, you know, fall over and I haven't been sleeping for weeks, then that's not going to be good because that's not the energy that they need or want. So when they come into my space and they're like, wow, you know, your energy in here is awesome. And you know, all of this and the readings so great, that's the feedback I need and want. And that's what keeps me going, you know, with the referrals and, and people like that coming back. Um, the other things that I use, Lauren, I just wanted to mention a couple of things that I find improve yeah. my life, um, in terms of working for ourselves and not getting into overwhelm. Is there's a couple of things that Sharon Chapman, the relationship coach, has taught me about kind of balancing both sides of your brain. And we spoke a little bit about balancing before, but you know, following your index finger with your eyes, both of your eyes, so going to as far left as you can, as far right as you can, is actually balancing both sides of your brain. So if I find that I'm getting into sort of overwhelm and I'm getting panicky or anxious or any of those things, I follow my uh, pointer finger with my eyes far left, far right, very slowly, just from side to side. And that actually balances out both sides of your brain and can bring you back to this, back to alignment. And when we're in overwhelm and things like that, we've come out of it. You know, we're not listening anymore. We're not listening to our bodies, how we feel, things like that. So I find that's a really good one. Nostril breathing, alternate nostril breathing is something that you do in yoga where you put, you know, two fingers on your forehead and you've got your thumb and your pinky finger. And your alternate nostril breathing. So you breathe in through one nostril, hold the breath, um, breathe out through the opposite nostril, and then breathe in through the opposite nostril, hold the breath, and then out through the opposite nostril. So it's alternate nostril breathing. They often do it in yoga, and that's also balancing both sides of your brain and bringing you back here, back to alignment. Uh, something that Sharon talks a lot about as well as tapping. So she uses a lot of the tapping. So that's activating, you know, head space, activating uh, heart space in a very basic way, and activating your body. Um, And it's just bringing you into the space and setting the intention for the day. So sometimes I wake up and I'll do that, you know, and tapping really connects you into your body. Um, And that's also very calming. Uh, So there is a tapping along all the meridians. There's different meridians in the body, which I've learned. So I can do tapping on all the meridians as well. But I find that tapping is really great as well, bringing you back to the present. Um, And we talked before, you and I, about having a supportive friend, having someone around who holds you accountable, things like that, someone you can check in with or can check in with you. So I find that that's really good. And I feel like our catch ups, the podcast, and that's why I enjoy it, is because we would do this anyway. So we'd either catch up, you know, once a week, or once a fortnight anyway, but we get to do this in more of a public forum and share our thoughts, feelings, and otherwise with the listener at home. Um, so, I find that's really helpful. And also, grounding, um, going out on the grass. I try to do this in between readings if I have a second. Go out on the grass, you know, deep breathing, um, drawing in the sun's rays, you know, being in the sunshine, watching the bees. I like to go and watch the bees flying around my lavender and herbs. Mm-hmm. And I find that really brings me back as well. And um, Beyond Blue, Lifeline, and RUAK Day, I wanted to mention those because RUAK Day. I just love it. I think it's such a great thing because a lot of the time you just say, oh, hey, how's it going? Like when you're working for a big company, people are just like, oh yeah, good. Yep. 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 And no one really gives you any real detail or information about how they're feeling. And one of my friends is a teacher of early childhood education and she does such a good job because she's asking the kids to tell her, how are you actually feeling? What are your feelings like? You know, what do they feel like? What does nervousness feel like? You know, stuff like that. And really like, I don't remember anyone ever asking me that when I was a kid, but I remember feeling some pretty big emotions and not knowing how to express them or deal with them or what that Mm. meant. And I feel like getting into that with our children, you know, how we're raising our children and things like that is also really important. But if you are feeling super down and I have made referrals to people, I've had clients who are in a real state and they've rung me because I felt like I was their only friend. And that's, you know, that's sad. That's heartbreaking that they don't have a support network and they're ringing me because we've met once and you know, my, my readings are very intimate and i have to refer them on and so if anyone is in that sort of state anyone listening at home who's you know feeling down and, and things like that and you need someone to talk to and you don't have that support network um especially with isolation and restrictions and things you know people are cut off a little bit more um there's yeah. always lifeline 13 11, 14 are you okay day i think is a great day and uh beyond blue all of those people do all those organizations do a really good job um and so i just wanted to mention that as well um, for Beautiful. anyone who is feeling a little bit
0: down Yeah those are all so valuable and helpful. And I'm going to borrow some of those for my um, next workshop with overwhelm. Mm. Cause I give a lot of strategies, but I, I haven't given the, uh, the nostril and the finger strategy. And one thing that I learned as well from another woman was that when you take your, um, hand and you do like a figure eight kind of, Movement, yeah, that's similar. Yeah. That also helps with the balancing. It actually makes you feel really good. Omega, and when you have yeah. anxiety when you do that, that actually really helps as well. Yep. So, yeah. Really so bad. that was great. Uh, I don't really have much for the party element. I was going to recommend that people meditate. You already mentioned it. So let's just stick with that. Okay. Hey House Meditations, wherever you get your podcast, they've got a podcast channel there. Hey House Meditations. Insight Timer is another one and then the afterlight which is my spiritual podcast I've actually got uh, a few different ones in there now, including there's a, sat, a heart-centered sound healing. Oh, beautiful. There's a ball of light meditation, and there's a really powerful one with archangels where you can you know, help you de-stress and get rid of old baggage that you no longer want or mm-hmm. that serves you. So those are some examples. And then coming up in the near future as well, there's another one that, that will be dropping, spoiler alert, which is about um, basically heart breath and it's really wonderful and you basically listen to a crystal bowl being played and you breathe in all the love for your friends and your partner and your fat, your um pets and yourself and it's just really just filling yourself with with self love which you know really I believe that if we love ourselves that we don't we won't mistreat ourselves which mm-hmm. is what happens with burnout
1: yeah, and there's a link, I think, with the Afterlight and all of that, there's a link in the show notes. Um, so if people want to find out more about all of those things and if you want to put a link about Insight Timer maybe in Hay House, we might pop that in the show notes as well.
0: Yeah, let's do that. that so people great. can find out a
1: little bit more. Um, Lauren, one of the great things that I did, I also forgot to mention on the weekend, last weekend, I went and did a retreat, a one-day retreat. I don't know if you've heard of Sacred Earth, but I might put them into the show notes as well. Oh. Uh, Sacred Earth Music, they're a husband and wife, and they have a guy that we does sort of the drumming and things, and he does like the pan flute. And it's very common when you go to a yoga studio, often they play uh, Sacred Earth, and that's the first place I'd heard of them. And I've been listening to them for years. I love them. They're based up here on the Sunshine Coast. They so actually live up here and on a farm. And so they had a retreat last weekend at uh, Belly Park, which is, there's a monastery out there and it's just beautiful. They're always up high, you know, up high and it's like beautiful views of the valley and it's um, past kind of your Mundi area. And it was just the most amazing thing. And I noticed that I didn't have very good reception And I worry about a lot of my clients because I stay in touch with my clients. I'm always checking in on them. I have messages coming from my regulars, you know, let me know how they're doing and things like that. So it's kind of a constant thing. I'm constantly on my phone and my phone reception wasn't great. So I was like, Oh, this is difficult. And I was trying to message people and I couldn't. And then uh, I ran into a friend of mine in the queue. Actually, she was standing in front of me when we're waiting to, you know, check in and I went to her to, with her to Nepal. She's a nurse, went with her to Nepal 16 years ago. And we haven't really seen each other much since then. We've sort of messaged and things like that, but we haven't seen each other really since then, 16 years. And she was standing in the queue in front of me and neither of us knew that we were going, obviously. And then one of my clients that I bred for, one of the first people I bred for after I started working full-time in this business, was there and she came up and said hi to me. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. And then, yeah, literally I just had no reception. So I ended up turning my phone off and we had a sharing thing at the end and we were like doing the talking stick thing, you know, holding onto the stick and talking and sharing. And I just said to the women, I was really grateful, you know, for being there, but also having the time away from my phone and constant sort of messaging back and forth because I felt like, you know, it is a weekend, it's a Sunday Like I should be able to have a day away from my phone. And normally I'd just be on my phone because it's, you know, I've got reception, but I didn't have a choice. And so I actually switched it off and it felt really good not to be worried, not to be worried and connected to that device so much. So I felt like that was an amazing break Um, sitting up there, you know, just sitting and being in the garden and connecting to the animals and wildlife were kangaroos and i was looking at the view and the food was all vegan it was just so nourishing for my soul and having tea mm. and all of this stuff and going to the bathroom a lot um but yeah it was just absolutely beautiful um and just such a great experience so i'll put sacred earth music's beautiful. link yeah and yeah. they actually gave out their music so we got to sing along it was a sing-along so they gave up our, our music the words it's all in hindi most of their songs are in hindi So we were singing along in Hindi and it was just, it was epic. Like I couldn't believe I was singing along with sacred earth. Like everyone's like building it out and it was just really fabulous. So that was, um, things like that. I I feel like, you know, in those sorts of gatherings and there were men there as well, but the sharing circle was just women in our circle. And I remember when I was doing my own circles, um, doing the hands. And I think I've said this to you before, left hands, always up, right hands down when you're, when you're holding hands with women in in space, um, holding space for someone. So we don't do that so much after COVID, I don't think I haven't found that so much, but (laughs) left hands up, right hands down. So we receive um, and then we give. And I always remember that, Mm -hmm. you know, we receive in our left hand because that's the one that's always up and the right hands down and that's the giving hand. So we have to receive before we give because we're receiving, we're topping up our cup, we have the energy flowing in and the energy is flowing out. It's like when I do stretches and exercises with my group and I'm doing mentorship, we always exercise before we use third eye, which sounds weird, but it's like getting all the energy flowing around your body allows you to see more clearly. That's why I try and stand up between readings and go and exercise and move around and then come back and sit down again uh, because we don't want our energy to be too stagnant. So oh. when we're building up our energy in our bodies, I always get people at the end to kind of do some bouncing, like just on the earth, not jumping, but just bouncing and sending any excess energy back into mother earth so that we're giving back. So when we top talk back cup, it's important, you know, to receive and then we give, and that's how, how it works. So I always like to think of it, yeah, that way. So it's sharing energy with others, um, paying attention to how we feel as you've already spoken about. Um, and, you know, just noticing, yeah, physically, if you're pushing it too far, maybe you cancel, maybe you push something, maybe you cancel a booking, you know, push something, move someone so you can have a bit more of a break if you feel like you need it. So I think that all of those things are really important. But as I said before, you know, there are organizations you can reach out to if you need that. So there's always help available is what I want to say. Yeah.
0: That's really wonderful. And uh, one thing I will say is yesterday, I took myself out for lunch on my day off and I, uh, I ordered myself like anything I wanted on the menu and I just sat there and I just enjoyed it in the, sat on the patio and, you know, yeah, I was kind of deter, I was kind of felt drawn to go on my phone and check things and I decided no. And I put it to the side and I just kind of sat just doing nothing for a while because I was trying to figure out a few things. And mm. so I, when you're not doing anything, that's also where inspiration and creativity Gives can enter. Spice. Yeah. And I was also gifted. Um, this this might sound dorky, but there was a table beside me and they had a beautiful little bulldog and, um, and she kept coming over for pets. And it was the best because I just love dogs so much and I don't own one yet. Mm. And it was just so lovely to just get these beautiful pets from this little dog. And it was a little a rescue dog apparently, and just the most beautiful, gentle demeanor and licked my ankle a few times, which is so funny. And and also, you know, when you see dogs, sometimes it's almost like their tongue is too long for their mouth and yeah. it just juts out. So this dog's walking around with like half of its tongue out. Mm. And it was just, so I just felt that being where I was kind of like you were talking about at your retreat, being where I was and not feeling that I had to rush and not feeling that I needed to do or be anywhere, but where I was just- yeah. Yeah. And even just, I've done that lately, just sit sometimes outside my house for 15 minutes and eat my lunch away from,
1: you yeah. know, like
0: the the couch or the TV or not that I watch TV in the day, but you know,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's doing something a little bit, a little bit different, and um, yeah, not just jumping on your phone because I tend to do that in between. I'm always checking for bookings yeah. and things, and then I get distracted. I'm like, oh, what's happening on Instagram? Speaking of the dog, that just reminded me, um, my hubby took our little schnauzer, she's a little miniature schnauzer, down to the um, coffee shop, and everyone's just obsessed with her because she just looks so different, and you know, you don't see schnauzers every day. And so Jason, my husband, tied her up to a table and these girls were there and they're just like obsessed. They're like, oh, look at this dog. And they um, actually had, one of them picked her up and was like cuddling her, like while Jason's inside ordering. And I'm like, what? Like they picked up our dog? I'm like, I don't know that I would do that. But anyway, it was kind of funny. So one of those picked it up and the other one's like, you know, taking photos. And so we think they were like putting photos of her on Instagram or something. But I'm like... I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I don't know that I don't think I would pick someone else's dog up and, and do that, but no, I'll probably ask at least. Yeah. I would have asked, but I mean, you know, they, they really liked her and it was very cute and, and he was okay with it. But yeah, I just, I feel like I probably would have asked, but um, you know, dogs, dogs are a conversation starter, you know? And I think with what we're sort of talking about with, you know having a break and having um being an overwhelm and burning the candle at both ends it's nice to get out and just walk your dog and actually stop and talk to people as well yeah you know, i think the connections yeah. connecting to others um is yeah, really yeah cuz i
0: ended up talking to the people at the table beside mm, me and they told me the whole story of the dog yeah. and all that kind of stuff yeah and one style. thing actually you made me think of just then is one thing that my partner recommended cuz i had that week where i felt down which isn't normal yeah. for me i'm always pretty like consistent personality like yeah. i don't get high i don't get low i'm just like normal yeah not uh, for myself, but you know, he recommended, why don't I sometimes go to a cafe and work? Mm. So I'm still working, but I'm changing my location. So at yeah. least, and I thought that Different was a really great suggestion. Yeah. So that's something that, you know, today I, I actually wrote down to go to a cafe and work, but I probably will just work from home today because uh, I was out yesterday and I don't mm. really feel like I need to do that. Yeah. But uh, next week I'm going to schedule again, going back to that, schedule it in to work from somewhere different, Yeah, you know, for a period of time. Well, most yeah, of them have Wi-Fi.
1: That's, that's the reason because a lot of people do exactly. do, do that. Yeah. And I've got even graphics. Stations. I don't need a
0: Wi-Fi. I don't yeah. need Wi-Fi if I'm just doing graphics. No, that's it. Yeah, no, that's so, a really good,
1: um, really good tip, and I I do try to do that down at Mister Z sometimes, but it depends on what work I'm doing. If I'm writing a bio, fine, but I'm not going to be going down and doing readings. Um, that wouldn't, wouldn't be, wouldn't be great for what I do. Um, but Laura, next week we've got uh something coming up which is as you've sort of spoke about before. It's about what's your worth. You know, what is your worth? And we spoke about me putting my prices up and sort of rejigging that and having you think about that. So I think this is gonna be a great conversation and there will be a lot of tips and obviously Lauren and I are sort of working through the process of figuring this all out. So yeah. we are gonna sort of talk a bit about what we've been going through, how we sort of figured out, you know, I guess pricing and what, uh, what our value is. Um, yep. and so we're gonna be talking in detail about that next episode and I can't wait for that wonderful
0: yes mm. well this has been the business in the front party in the back podcast, podcast. and if you love the episode which was sponsored by michelle r price the light worker and raw Rock consulting leave us a review tell your friends and share it please and if you didn't like the episode
1: don't tell anyone